This boy and girl are going to be well equipped when the time comes to take their places as worthy members of adult society. Aloha, y'all. This is Daniel Eisenman, the host of the Breaking Normal podcast, where my guests are all invited based on the frequency of synchronicity, all done in person, and all trailblazers and the breaking of all things normal. Hey, everyone. This is Casey, Daniel's producer for the Breaking Normal podcast. And I just wanted to give you all a quick update that uh, bear with us with some of the audio on this episode. It's a great episode, and uh, I know you guys will enjoy it. But uh, Daniel was trying out some new stuff here sound-wise, and uh, we'll get all of that sorted out. But like I said, just just bear with us uh, in a few spots here. But uh, enjoy the episode, and we'll catch you soon. All right. Aloha, y'all. It's 444. I feel like I'm here with a fourth member. I'm not sure who it is. Maybe it's you who's listening, but <laughs> welcome to, I think it's like the 113th Breaking Normal podcast episode. It's very unique. I'm recording the audio in a new way. So I trust not only you're going to hear me loud and clear with my words, but maybe you'll even get the feeling too. And I'm sitting next to uh, a previous podcast guest, Wes Atkinson. I believe the episode is uh, the heart, the heart of the hunter and huntress. What an episode! And also, I'm sitting next to uh, Travis Stewart um, from Move Chiropractic and Yoga. Is that all right? And uh, the, what brought us together here is uh, it's a meetup of sorts. Um, we were recently a part of an event where we were bold enough to meet up in person <laughs> with about like 20 plus other people. Oh gosh, I hope I didn't get myself in trouble there. That's just so taboo. You, I, yeah, I, I did. We met up with 20 plus people um, and we drank mead. Actually, I don't know if these two guys drank mead, but one of the other things we did was eat antelope burgers. And I say antelope burgers, so the average listener might have a clue of what I'm talking about, but they actually weren't antelope burgers. They were pronghorn burgers. And I am uh, sitting with Travis and Wes um, when we we're kind of sitting around uh, pronghorns, literal, like uh, the horns of a pronghorn, along with a white-tailed deer, along with an impala skin from Africa. Somehow, uh, Wes brought these, and we're sitting in uh, Travis's, I think, upstairs office of his loft next to his... Um, sauna, infrared sauna, uh, next to a brilliant photograph of uh, Kobe Bryant. I, I don't know if I would call it a photograph, but I um, just wanted to give you all a little bit of the uh, scene. And what we're here to talk about is uh, it looks like we're all being called to a pronghorn hunt. Uh, one of the reasons I would say I feel so aligned, especially uh, me sitting next to a chiropractor, I feel extra aligned. <laughs> but uh and Wes, and Wes, the guy that when I did this meetup, when I hosted this meetup, I explained to everyone, if I want to go hunting with someone, this is who I would choose. So this is a real honor. And we actually had a hunt scheduled in uh, March of 2019 that got postponed due to the cultural crisis and all the other C words that came with it. Uh, the ranch owner being high risk, and it just wasn't going to work for us to do the hunt that we planned at that time of the um, year. However, it looks like something better surfaced. Sometimes the best plans are unplanned. And I think for myself, when I'm willing to surrender to once, like I can have an intention and a goal, but when I can uh, flow with what actually wants to come from that goal beyond my own 
personal agenda, something extra special happens. And I think that something extra special is happening. And I think Travis, uh, basically when we were explaining this idea, Travis says he's in, I'm, I'm going to hunt a pronghorn with y'all. And um, I will, what I'll say about the pronghorn, they seem to be this like mystical relic that's still here of the time when the bison also thrived on this land before the Europeans came here on a big, big, big hunt. Um, and I, so I, what I want to do is I want to first introduce our newest podcast guest. Like, why are we sitting up here in your loft, Travis, talking about pronghorn and all these weird, wonderful ideas? What does this mean to you? And why did you agree to have me here asking you these questions? Thank you, Daniel. Uh, yeah, I'm Dr. Travis Stewart. I'm a chiropractor here in Boulder. And I met Daniel through a series of synchronous events uh, that occurred over several months. He had just launched Tribe Vitamins, and uh, I had seen something about these really high-quality, pure organ meats, desiccated organ meats that uh, I'm extremely fond of and like constantly advocate for. And, you know, I'd seen other brands of stuff that use cattle and, uh, you know, different, different sources of their organ meats. And I was just, yeah, I was really attracted to the wild game between the, the elk and the bison. And so we reached out, we con connected over social media, I believe, possibly Instagram, yes. probably. And, uh, you know, set a, an intention to buy some tribe vitamins and get involved in this movement. And then that kind of fell to the wayside for like several months. And we moved here to Boulder. We opened up our practice and just, you know, I was just consumed a little bit. And one day it just hit me. I was sitting in Fresh Times parking lot and it just hit me. I was like, man, I need to reach out to that guy about tribe vitamins. I need to talk to Daniel and, uh, you know, follow up. And it wasn't like an hour later, I received a message from you. I believe it was a voice memo. And it was like, hey, dude, it's been a while, um, but I'm just trying to reconnect and see where you are in the world and, and what's going on. And I was like, that was freaking crazy synchronous. So I shared that with you and you were like, that's super cool. We should meet up. And so we did. And we met up on Pearl Street and we walked around and just talked about life and uh, saw several bison and a lot of other synchronous things occurred. And actually at that time, you told me about Wes, whether you remember that or not. Uh, you told me about if you were to go hunting again with someone, it would be with Wes. And uh, now I have the the pleasure of meeting him in the flesh. Uh, but yeah, and there was just several synchronous things that occurred after that and ended up seeing a huge bull elk that day, which again was extremely powerful. And, uh, you know, we, we hung out a couple of times after that. Then you invited my wife and I to a meetup. We had been here for five months and had not really interacted with like conscious human beings. And so of course we were down and we were breaking normal by being around uh, other human beings and you did a great job. So I will go ahead and recognize you, acknowledge your uh, ability to really like contain energy and unleash it at the same time. So you, we, we were all there buzzing, doing our own things as individuals. And then finally about halfway through, you kind of like halted everyone's conversation and you, you took the attention and you said, let's open this space up. Who feels like sharing something, uh, you know, sharing their story that is not gossip related to the current mainstream narrative? And several people stepped up. 
And, you know, it was, it was great. Wes was one of those individuals, the, the chef Lance, I believe was his name was one of the individuals, uh, Chris Long. There were several people that stepped up and just kind of spoke from their heart. And uh, Wes, this was the first time that I had realized that he was the hunter that you were referencing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, mentioned the, the, what were we were eating pronghorn then as well correct yeah so yeah, and the closer to that mic the better i'm just, just sorry yeah no it's all good hey, <laughs> hey casey editor What's up? sorry listening. casey <laughs> you know he just like intrigued me with his his like the the someone used a perfect word like the sentiment that that he that he carried and the reverence that he carried for this animal that he was about to share with all these conscious individuals and then you you kind of allowed us to get back into this state of connection and the energetic shift was just massive and everybody was just like heart synced you know like connecting at this like extreme level and uh yeah we ended up connecting and i became very intrigued by wes's story and about you know like reuniting myself with the hunter within me and Wes and I had a great conversation this morning and now we are here in my loft. Thank you. Thank you, Travis. Uh, that, yeah, that evening I, I, I'm still aiming to wrap my mind around how, what a legendary, fulfilling, energizing, connective evening that was simply because I had the courage and all of y'all had the courage to say like, yeah, we're going to meet up. We're going to meet up and have fun without a mask on. I don't think, I mean, I, I, that wasn't a rule, but no one was wearing a mask there. And I, I just, I, I realized at that moment in my, when I was, I think I said that to everybody, it really shook me. I was like, oh my goodness, I haven't seen 30 people's faces smiling in this tight of a space for about a year and a half. It was, uh, and I uh, still feel high from that evening. So I think it was extremely special. And, and why am I still feeling high from that evening? I wonder if it had something to do with the meat that uh, Wes brought. Um, and I do remember one of the things that I was like telling my family about when I was sharing the experience that evening. I'm like, yeah, Wes was, uh, I would say, right on the edge of like being really emotional and explaining how he had followed that pronghorn for 10 days. And so I think this is a good time to hear from Wes what he's doing up here and tell us more about following that prong. Like why would you, why would you follow a pronghorn for 10 days? And why would someone like Travis and myself be ready to do that with you? Although this experience we're talking about might be more two to three or four days, which I think is, um, we can make that happen, but it seems like you took more than two or three or four days. And uh, yeah, the window that we're looking at is in early October for anyone that's interested to keep that in mind as we hear from Wes, why he spent 10 days stalking. I'm not sure the correct terminology, but instead of me trying to guess, let's hear from Wes. <laughs> Thanks, Daniel. Uh, did I, I must've said 10 days. I, I could have said, I was nervous enough that I could have, it could be nine days. I'm like running through it in my head right now, but the, I, I wanted to just portray that it was, it was longer than just a couple days. Right. I, 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 you know, I think the season was actually about that long, but I went a couple days early anyway, let's see to, to really, to get to the place where 
the immediate questions that all of us have regarding the right to take a life, um, the world moves pretty fast and our days are quick. But Mother Nature moves at this other with this other rhythm. So to drop in or tune in to let just to let the static go, it takes a second. It's it's not something that like I think I got I, I was in the backcountry for thirty plus days and I didn't come out in September. I just stayed in the backcountry and my clients just met me back there. I had the Wrangler bringing me a new guy every five days and I just stayed. So picture that, right? 30 days, no civilization. And then it's October 1st. And now I go from there right into the Sangre de Crystal Mountains. Um, so I was in a pretty good place. But I to do what I was about to do, it's different to guide someone. And it's different to pull the trigger. It's a completely different experience. So it took me, I think it took me five days to get into the frame of mind uh, to be aligned enough so that the the worthiness and, and all of the different, um, they kind of percolate, percolating energies that come up inside of the being, inside of the self, that are where the questions are birthed. And then... On like, I'm get, I'm just gonna say it like I know it because I'm close. But it's like day five is when I saw him, and I had seen maybe a hundred other bucks. But then that's when something happens inside the self, because you're because I'm waiting for that charge, because that's not him, and that's not him, and that's not him, and I'm waiting for, I'm th- actually deep enough to think about you, Daniel. Like, I'm out there thinking about this just enough. Getting present to the possibility of of sharing this animal with people that care. Just not 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 to the degree that it happened, but it's not out of my awareness. It's, it's there. And so to think about others when you're going to take a life, like, it, uh, it takes a while. <laughs> it just takes time. And when I saw him... Now it gets real personal, right? Because now I, I, I'm also a masculine form of consciousness that's fighting for his life. And I saw him uh, go to work on another buck. He, this other buck was a little bit younger than him, but he was more fit and more athletic than this, this actual pronghorn. So, feeling into his nature and then it took me three more days to get ready after i knew that was him yeah it's a really uh what you said about the um waiting to feel the charge i can that's a great what you the picture you painted there makes a lot of sense of my life even in the sense right now that um Araya, my dog, you know, the six puppies she has. Um, I, I don't know. I know. I, I don't know if one of those puppies is for me yet. Right. I'm waiting for the charge. But I'll tell you what. When I met Araya, 
And the charge was so strong that it would have been blasphemous for me to not yes. live with Araya for as long as I could from now on. So, I don't know. So, 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 yeah. So, so then, and then that's us as men. That's, that's what we're made of. And now it's time for this other pronghorn to be done. His time's about up. But the charge is no different than when you saw Uriah. And to, and to take a different life would be, yeah, that's a no. It's like um, when I'm, I'm thinking of title. Like a lot of times, like titles surface from this pod, these podcasts, like in the middle of the interview, and I'm thinking like to pick a puppy or kill a pronghorn. Mm. There's the dilemma. Oh yeah, listen, Travis. You what do you what do you think about how do you relate to this? Uh, you know, honestly, I kind of latched onto one thing you said there, and it's that you said that uh, to think about other people in the moment when you're about to take a life. And I, I think that's what I'm so intrigued by is like to have the, the idea or like to really hold that sense that like I'm supplying life almost by taking a life, which is a weird dynamic. Um, but I think that's very tribal and very primitive. And here we're sitting here with tribe vitamins, um, you know, Daniel. And that's like the word that keeps coming up is like tribe. It's, it's, it's just very ancestral, you know, to to go out and to allow yourself to be pulled into this experience and to answer the call when the yes arises, you know, but, but to be able to pass up when there's a no. And I can relate to that because that's, that's something that I experience every day with people on the table. You know, it's a very similar thing. It's like, I'm having to, you know, analyze tone and understand where they are as a being. And is there a yes or is there a no? And so it's very interesting to be hearing something so similar that I experience when to me, I'm facilitating life in, in your perspective, you were talking about taking one. So that's just like the charge is not different. It's the charge. You have something there? Oh, man. The, yeah. Well, uh, let's see. That made me think of so many different things that my trouble is I got to focus that all of us learning to feel our way through life and learning the the heart and the mind connection and then and then emerged into nature at the 110 frequency and and letting that dictate the flow once that merging takes place and listening for the charge the yes or the no from that frequency and then being able to integrate that movement into the day-to-day, -day, right? But the specificity of that this is, um, as you shared with me before, your, your, the offering that you felt like Mother Earth had given you was for you to pursue a bull elk with a bow in the, in the Rocky Mountains. So... That specific, that's something so specific to you that uh, to, for you to understand that charge, why, why the bull elk, right? 
What's because you have so much with the bull elk and so much with the pronghorn and so much with the white-tailed deer and so every single animal being so specific. Why the bull elk for you? Why that charge and specificity for you? Because now I've hunted so long and with so many different individuals, there's a certain thing where you, you have an idea and then your body has a knowing. And you, the ideas start to fade and the body starts to know. And when the body knows and then there's the resonance of, of that other being. I mean, it's literally another being. Uh, I, just, I guess I marvel at that, that that's the relationship that I have and the technology in my hand far surpasses the understanding and intelligence of this other animal. And I am at a place of zero conflict, but how I would put this into words, this charge? Yeah. Emotion? Bra? Alchemy? The point? I don't know. Am I worthy? Am I not? Would it matter? How can this be? It's the mystery. I've noticed that my heart beats sometimes in the crosshairs. I noticed my heart beating on this pronghorn's heart when I put the crosshairs on his heart. And I was thinking about his heart and just, just us, all of us, one heart. And breathing. And I was really, really nervous because I was feeling that all of all the reasons why it can't be perfect. <laughs> and I'm still like, no, I think it can be perfect. And so I saw the crosshairs, right? Bounce, 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 bounce. And then a little bit slower and a little bit slower. And he kind of knew I was there, but not really. And then the, the pressure on the trigger and the thoughts and the beingness and thinking, I actually had some of my friends come to mind right there that like there was a brotherhood. And then I wondered who he really was. Like I always do. I always write before the end. I'm like, but who are you really? And then I let go. And when there's the, the, there's the body knowing, there's the body surrender. And then to take that animal and to, to have the invitation from Daniel to say, hey, there's people that might consider really falling in love with their dinner tonight. Um, I have the I have a really good uh, animal to do that with. It took me 18 years to get that license, so that's a lot of preparation to take one life. I think I didn't describe that very good, did I? You described it well. <laughs> I would say beyond good. Yeah, yeah. I would say beyond good, beyond good. Yeah, this well, is we're doing a different. But either way, what I'm saying is like, uh, I know it's different because I'm not sure if they can hear us that clearly. And it's like we're really doing this thing where I think what I did at Tribe Designs. So we're talking about Tribe and Tribe Vitamins and uh, International Tribe Design. Y'all might not know as much as I do, but there was, uh, we were doing seasonal events basically until COVID hit and the seasonal, I think, 16th event. 15th or 16th it was scheduled in Austin so things have been paused it's been paused and um, hmm, yeah I think you're 
your exploration of that was really uh, compelling and captivating and uh, unique. Like I was actually one, when you were speaking about that, I was thinking about sending this to uh, people like uh, this guy named Cameron Haynes, for instance. I was just like, would he? I bet he could relate to this. I don't know. <laughs> I just wanted to send it to like my friends that hunt to see if they can understand, like if that if that was like a a really empathetic expression. But it, Travis, go ahead. And Trav, by the way, you've hunted. Yes, uh, and you want to do that. You want to do this pronghorn hunt. So uh, this it's really weird. Travis mentioned this this day I met you. I was like, oh, I I I was supposed to get my tribe vitamin, the elk liver. Mm-hmm. And then I think I got it after I met. I'm like, oh yeah, it's ready now. It's ready now. Yeah. And then you're like, well, look what I just saw. <laughs> and then you sent me this picture of this. I was like, what is that animal? Where did you see that animal? How often do you see that animal? And then you're like, I've never seen it before. And I was like, well, tell me more. So tell me more. Okay. <clears throat> I'm gonna backtrack a little bit. You were talking about referencing other hunters and like, is this something that people feel? And I will tell you that whenever you were articulating that so beautifully and so intricately you were giving the details as if you were reliving the moment and i saw tears come to your eyes as you spoke about asking the question who are you really before you let go and you then you mentioned you know sending this to other hunters and seeing if that's something they can relate to and as someone who grew up hunting i grew up hunting whitetail you know hog different animals in east texas for the first half of my life. And I've never experienced that much presence before. And I think that that is a testament to the work that you've done, you know, your, your, the, the deep self-work that you've embarked on. And you said 18 years, you know, leading up to taking one life. And so that was just a, a complete culmination of all of those things. But, you know, I, I was looking back today because I knew we were going to be having this conversation and I was looking back the the last few animals that that I have harvested. And at the time, I wouldn't even say that I was harvesting animals. I was taking them. Um, but my my frame of mind has shifted a little bit. And I can't even remember the experience. Like I was so not present as a being that like, I I don't even remember it. I have a still photo and I have, you know, my European mount to to prove it. But like, I don't remember being there. I don't remember how my heart was beating. I don't remember the crosshairs bouncing. I don't remember the breaths that I took before, the thoughts that I had. I don't remember those things because I wasn't present. I wasn't ready. And so I think like the the things that you have to say about like the presence and the, and the conscious uh, act of going into this hunt with like the readiness, you know, um, and the preparation I think is like a huge thing. And so this, that's why I'm so intrigued to be led by a conscious guide who holds reverence for what it is that we do as as hunters instead of coming at it from a sport uh ish standpoint you know it's something that i really look forward to and i enjoy just being in your presence well one thing i want to say is that everyone gets that there's a I want to make sure that everybody knows that wherever they are at with hunting, that that is perfect. Like, I want everybody to know that's where I'm coming from. Whatever the natural evolution of of the process is for everyone. And the reason I'm saying that is because 
I have been every single part of all of this. There, there isn't. I'm. St- that's why I have all the nerves, and it's I'm uncomfortable because it's real for me. I'm. I'm actually. There's. There's an edge. It's. It's sharing. It's because I know that, absent of the, kindness of these animals, that, I would have. Uh, no, I wouldn't be me, and I'm just beginning to like that. So I'm. I'm full of gratitude. So the. The process being that I, I've also think I think I have, I mean, I've shot myself twice, actually. So I don't even know. I, I can't, you can't be super conscious and do that. <laughs> like, you like, mean literally shot yourself? Yeah. Like I've got a, I'm carrying shrapnel from my own outdoor experiences right now. Beating, and I've been in flight for life, and I've had a few experiences, right? Along the way of growing up in the middle of, of nowhere. And I've also taken eyeballs and tongues of antelope to show and tell, and I've been grounded, and I've, uh, and then I also didn't have enough supervision, so and I was unconscious, so I've made all the mistakes. I've harvested all the animals unconsciously. I've done all the things that I don't like, but all of those things for is what it took for me to be where I'm at now, and so I, I'm gonna accept that. And then meet every single person that comes along my way right where they want to begin their journey. And that's where I think maybe I am actually a guide. That's, I think that might be what a guide is, you know. And because it actually makes my heart beat right. And I feel the contribution there that maybe I do have a little bit to give because of all the things that didn't work. Like I, I get now, like from contrast Here's what will work. And so I've hunted all the ways that don't work. But this January, I had my first experience of taking a client on a bison hunt that I would say that worked, like 100% that worked. Uh, the mystery was there. The, the field was open. The acceptance from all that was uh, it, anyway. I'll get really lost in that, but stay, stay, staying focused with that. I saw the reverence of what I meant and what I have meant, even when I couldn't do it. Uh, getting that actually done, and then seeing what that when that when that guy loaded that buffalo into his truck and headed home, and that that was a different human being. That's, that's, that's what I'm, you know, that's what I'm trying to get at. And so what you're saying is that you also know what's possible and it hasn't, you haven't always done it. Like, you know, it's possible. Mm-hmm. Was that? Well, yeah, I can, well, I'll say like, it's so different for me. Um, it's so unique. This is such a good trifecta because what you are saying, because I've only been hunting on purpose, like where I was, I was planning on killing two animals. I was like, I'm here to kill two animals. It's going to be a young deer and a pig that's what i came to do because i saw davina my daughter she was just like loves to eat meat and i was here living in texas and i was like i gotta give this girl some meat like it was exactly the whole picture the whole picture like i was doing it for someone else it was not just about me um and i remember so that my my first hunting experience was very different than what you grew up with and i think what you grew up with is what was around me in Georgia 
that probably uh, dissuaded me from being interested in hunting. I wasn't even, I, I was like, nah, I don't want to do that. But then when I saw my daughter eating meat and I'm like, I was like, I got it. I know how this meat industry works and this is bad. This is, I know a little bit about this. So I'm going to go get some better meat for her. And, um, yeah, I was not the same person actually after I pulled the trigger and then there was the whole thing, the whole, everything we we're talking about, the first the animal no like that i didn't feel the charge and then i felt the charge and then when i heard that pig screaming i was like yeah i became a different person and i heard that pig screaming and i thought i did something wrong and the guy was like you hit it right in the head <laughs> he was like you could have not done that any better but i i like it was a whole bit like i i will say i will say for anyone that's like i gotta do this um I, my first hunting experience was traumatic in the most enlightening way. Wow. Yeah, so I, I, I look, do you have something to add on to that? Or, well, I want to ask you. Uh, all right, I want to ask, can, so from you, from, so I join you on your journey when you're on purpose, right? Good timing, right? You're, you're beginning, this is why we're communicating, is because you're doing this on purpose. Oh. And I'm inspired by you doing it on purpose. Oh, yeah. I'll say something. To that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I have the bison in me. I don't know what it is. If you listen to the bison shaman podcast I did with Tara Sheehan, she like, she like looks in my eyes. She's like, you're a bison. And I'm like, am I, am I, I don't, I don't know what I am exactly. <laughs> I think I am that I am. I'll take, I'll take uh, Yeshua's advice on that. Um, but there is something going on. There's something going on with bison and me with tribe vitamins. And now that's inevitably led me to elk. It's inevitably led me now to pronghorn, which I'm becoming the most fascinated by. Because the bison is the biggest animal that's indigenous to this land that still thrives here, from my understanding. There's an animal that actually the population might be larger. It might be larger than the bison population now. Um and they were both at one point, arguably maybe similar populations. They were like, <laughs> maybe it was like wolf and coyote. There was bison and pronghorn. And what was that? Uh, the elk. Yep. All right. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I am just admitting that I, I'm not pretending to know what I'm doing, but I am here to learn. I will be real that I am here to learn and I'm here to learn from people that know more than me. And I'm here to bring people that want to come along with me. And I'm doing it again. I've done that in so many different iterations in my life. And right now it has something to do with like, I feel compelled to take the life of a pronghorn, mm -hmm. the fastest animal that has ever lived on this land that still lives on this land. Hmm. Yeah, that's why that's what I'm doing. So I don't know, Travis, if you have anything to okay, oh yeah, here. Well, so that's what I was saying is like you want to do but but your my relationship to you is that you're hunting on purpose and now you're gonna hunt a pronghorn on purpose. Yeah, can yeah. you see from where you started, can you see a vision of where you're going? A little, something yeah, forming. Yeah, yeah. Can you put words to it a little? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I'm. I think I'm weaving. Uh, all right. I think I have the gift of communication, and I think that my best way of learning is through experience, and then expressing what I learned through my gift of communication through experience. 
And I think it's, it's about time that everyone that lives on this land gets clear with what the bison and the pronghorn means to them. So I'm going to do it and talk about it. And I've learned a lot about bison, more from the, um, the capitalistic perspective, not from the hunting perspective. I mean, the, the hunting bison is, yeah. But um, the pronghorn seems even more confusing, so I'm extra focused. Yeah. So then that's what I was going to ask, is then with where you've begun and then a recognition of, do you see the a vision of where you want to go? And then inside of Daniel and I's uh, attempt to en enroll individuals in this type of experience, what dynamic of that appeals to you? Or where's that kind of that, the crux, the, the charge, if you will? Um, and then can you put to words, because this is so abstract, like we apparently know what we're talking about, but there are many that would have no idea what we're talking about. I know because I've been that guy. So to eliminate the abstract nature of, let's say, the conversation of conditioning and just put it, put language to, you know, because we could say we've never been as present as we've been right now. So you could say, well, yeah, I would like to be more present. Well, yeah, with everything. But this is something specific where you're, this is such an, uh, an experience of magnitude where a heartbeat's going to stop. And so from point A to point B and the gap in between, can you share about why what Daniel's inviting you on, what my invitation is, because in my world, you represent the very first person in my life since I've had a bit of this dream, which is since a while, at least since 2012, I've been here saying, but what if someone was excited about this? And I don't know what I mean. I'm Again, I'm, since you're the one here discussing this, putting this to language, can you elaborate? And say, you know, this is what I saw. These are the things that are very appealing to me about the introduction that was just a few days ago and wasn't really detailed, was just kind of, was, was a simple invitation. So I'm going to hand this to you and then maybe it's come to you. So yeah, I'll try it. Language is hard and it's hard to it's hard to really sincerely like relay feelings and emotions that I have and especially when they're based around experience. And so it's difficult to put into words how I felt and what the conditioning was that I experienced. And I, I'll just say this to start, like I grew up hunting with my dad and my uncles and my grandfather. And so it was a family affair. And they held very high reverence for the land. Um, and, you know, they, they hunted as avid outdoorsmen. And it was something that I always respected. You know, I held a respect for the individuals that uh, were, were putting action. You know, they were, they, were, they were doers. 
and uh, you know they always they always put in work in a physical fashion that I didn't see a lot in other areas of society. You know, just like planting oat patches, like like tilling up land, like clear cutting stuff, building blinds, like doing all this like manual labor that led to an ultimate goal of harvesting an animal, you know, to supply food for the family. But that wasn't my perspective as, as a child. I saw, uh, you know, these avid sportsmen that were taking animals at will for sport. And then, you know, on spaghetti night, it was, hey, is this deer or beef? It's deer. Cool. And just chow it down with never any like conscious consumption of what was, you know, supplying life and the regeneration of my tissues and the protein structures that were changing me as a human being and me actually becoming an expressive version of this conscious creature, maybe conscious, maybe sentient, depends on your view of the world, that was, you know, taken after all of that work and effort. Um, so I started to become very like, what were maybe like desensitized uh, to hunting, you know, it just became something that was like routine oriented and it was like habitual. And it was like, where's dad at? Oh, he's hunting. Okay. He's, he's out there. Maybe he'll kill three hogs tonight. Maybe he'll take a deer, whatever, you know, like, um, it, it was never something that like I held reverence for. And it wasn't until I disconnected myself from that community. I went into the air force. I became a firefighter. I did a lot of soul searching there and, uh, got out, came back, still hadn't hunted much, went to undergraduate school where I still, you know, suffered with my own internal battles and whatnot. And it wasn't until I started on my own journey of like seeking higher levels of information that I began to become intrigued by the animal kingdom again, you know? Um, so it was like, it's kind of like Joseph Campbell's work or the hero's journey. Like that's how I feel about what your invitation provides. It's a metaphorical representation of like disconnecting myself from the prior conditioning that I had and then taking a conscious creature up on the invitation to go out and consciously take an animal that is metaphorically liberating me from my prior like constraints and allowing me to step into who I am as a human being, not just as uh, a conditioned American from East Texas, but back to the ancestral heritage of the, the, you know, the, the essence of uh, human tracking, stalking, detection of animal and harvesting it to supply macronutrients and and even more of that than you know for an entire tribe of individuals i don't know is that kind of what you were asking about wes so like uh we're gonna go somewhere in the world right now is a bull elk mm -hmm. right yeah right now how old is he He's four right now. When are you going to be ready? November. This year. 
Okay, so he'll he'll get to B5. Because he's four and a half. Well, actually, he's getting close to four. So he'll be, he'll be, it depends. So what would it take for you to get ready? Been before. Every time you touch the trigger. Whether it's your release or your or your gun on your on your rifle or your release on your bow either way. The gap between the the understanding of your previous kills and taking this soon to be five year old bull elk to prepare yourself, can you speak to that? Okay. Yeah. Uh so I'll start with like physical preparation. You know, I think that it's going to take some some physical training in order for me to have the the physical capacity to to pack out and do the work that is necessary to go uh, take take this bull um, because I want to you know animalize myself as much as possible to you know pull myself out of this uh, this this current physical state of isolation and rewild myself. Um, so that I can be on the same frequency as this animal um, and really become one with the rhythm, as you, as you stated, uh, her rhythm, Pachamama, you know, and, and find myself in that harmonious balance. That way, it is a gravitational pull, and I'm not using my force to impart my will, as you said. Uh, so that's that's the first part, but I guess that aligns perfectly with you know the the mind and body. Um, you know, I was talking about the physical preparation, but I think it's going to take more conscious preparation uh, to really bring that experience in its like vastness and and the reverence that needs to be held for that. I'm going to need to become more aware. I'm going to need to become more present, moment to moment to moment. Um, and really start to exercise that muscle, you know, uh, because I, it's, it's so interesting to me, like, just like what we were talking about, how I can look back on all of these times in my life where I was uh, blessed enough to be able to take an animal to supply food. And I, like, I, I can't even construct the memory, you know? So um, I think just like bringing myself to that, state of yeah exactly exactly so you he just depicted uh physically like centering and grounding and really just like wrapping myself and bringing myself into that state um that's yeah definitely part of the training yeah okay yeah yeah so that's a good point what I, what I hear is like us saying i just like look at us as these almost comedic cavemen being like animal i kill animal i feel sad yeah. but good i feel sad but good and we do have a uh I, I i that's i'm like yeah i guess there's probably a million different ways to say that and for me um hmm, i've been surfing and like the most blissful experiences of my life arguably if i remember everything and just like seeing dolphins and other fish just kill fish right in front of me like that was just part of the scene of my blissful, of my blissful scene. And it wasn't something I thought much about. And it wasn't something that I think those dolphins thought much about. 
So where does it come from? Where is all of this? Because is it mind? Are we mostly just thinking? Right? Because there's some luxury to this conversation, right? We're obviously very supported to talk about how we're going to go stay alive. There's many generations before us that they didn't have this luxury. They were like, hurry, it's getting away. <laughs> and if it gets away, that's all bad, like real bad. Like we don't live. So this is like taking the the days of peace, like this time right now and the support that we have and the, the brotherhood that's forming and saying, let's make the most of it. Give thanks for the amazing abundant time that we're in to where we can sit around and have this talk where it there's so many that, never got this chance to to discuss how they were feeling about taking the life of an animal. Um, yeah, and I think that maybe is where we come from, um, is that it's, it, it is maybe healthy to consider the sense of what's taking place in the human consciousness when another energy is releasing from biology. Where's that energy going? What is actually happening? What, what, what the, you know, all of the things that come and I can get, this is a rabbit hole that I can get down because this is where I live. This is what I like. This is the stuff that I love is what happens right here in these moments. So I live these moments because it has given me the most of what I understand as myself. I would love to share, to open up the opportunity for every single question that arises to be embraced, every single question that arises to be worthy, to be given room, to be asked, and then for each individual consciousness that I might have the will, the, the privilege to work with to, to at least be a sounding board for, give place for each one of those dynamics to be answered right up until when the trigger gets touched. Okay, on that note, I mean, we talked about it. I'm excited. And we talked about our last event. And it's like, man, cult, things happen. Things happen where I was like, I really thought this was going to happen. And it didn't happen. And now I trust what's happening now is even better. And I think for myself, why I'm excited about what we're offering and what we're intending on doing together and seeing if other people want to get involved is it could be a revitalization of the tribe design movement. Mm -hmm. It can be a revitalization of like, hey, let's go do something together that's super meaningful, that takes a huge commitment. Did you see how happy those people were the other night? <laughs> Just getting to be together? Yeah. <laughs> For sure. So on my end, on my end, what I want to say is like, yeah, we're getting, yeah, we're getting close to the creative constraint here. If you feel the call, hit me up or Travis or Wes or however you heard about what we're talking about here. If you've stuck with the conversation this long <laughs> and you want to be a part of continuing the conversation over that microsecond of action that could change your life forever. Um, yeah. Let me know. Email or Instagram messages has Travis Instagram message me. That works too. I'm pretty responsive on both of those. 
Um, for me, I like after listening. I was I was really listening. I believe I was really listening pretty well. I would have to give myself a good a good grade on that. I think what I'm looking to do with this experience is to like to honor to honor the echoes of the celebration of our ancestors that knew more than I do now. Yeah. I just want to like honor, like what you, the West, you really put it there at the end. I'm like, yeah, I've come from a lineage where the the pronghorn potentially and other animals, um, killing one of them may have been why I'm here. Yeah. It may have been why I'm here. So I need to at least revere the honor and revere and honor the echoes of my ancestors that celebrated this animal. So I'm excited to do it with y'all. Uh, yeah, I'm excited to see who joins too. So, yeah, um, I'd love to hear from y'all too. Is like, a, and for anyone that's listening, like, I want to. Hey, uh, wait, wait. Travis is a chiropractor in Boulder, or like, how how do you learn more about that? Or like, oh, wait, wait West is a hunter here in Colorado. Wait, I want to let me hear from y'all how people can stay in touch outside this outside of me. And um, yeah, thanks for joining me on this con- this fireside chat amongst the antlers and the like the remembering the roots of our ancestors symbolized by the antlers of these animals sitting right between us thank you sure thanks daniel uh yes if anybody who wants to continue to learn more just stay in touch or reach out and possibly be involved in this uh unveiling of reconnection uh Travis, the chiropractor on Instagram and my practice here in Boulder is move chiropractic and yoga. Uh, but yeah, you said it perfectly right there. Uh, you know, just like reconnecting to that ancestral sense, um, you know, of those who knew far more than you do. That's like perfect. It's freaking dunk it. Kobe Bryant right behind us. Um, Wes, you'd like to, yeah, thanks, man. I appreciate it. And <laughs> they'll have to get a hold of me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because these guys, they—I mean, they, everyone's doing their own thing. But it sounds like we are looking to continue the meeting up, and the meeting up in early October will be around hunting for this land's fastest animal for reasons that are way beyond. I guess most people hunt these animals there uh, for different reasons potentially arguably but we can talk about that as well <laughs> to be continued uh thank y'all for breaking normal and yeah if y'all want to learn more about these two guys we'll make sure to include something in the show notes to at least their social media profiles or something <laughs> all right stay in touch and keep breaking normal